Hi, and welcome to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. We've provided a collection of sermons, our midweek lessons, music, and many more tools to help you grow in your walk with God. We are living in an unprecedented and challenging time, but we invite you to listen in and be encouraged as we fight through this together. Be sure to subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening. Your Bible's over to John 17. That's where we're going to start. John 17 um, in a few minutes. But uh, over these past few months, we have been renewing some of the basic tenets of our faith this, you know, over the, since January, uh, we've talked about renewing faith. We've talked about renewing love. We've talked about renewing hope. We've talked about renewing our purpose. We've talked about renewing vision. Uh, and we've, and this month is re, uh, renewing our mission. And, uh, you know, when I think of renewing my heart for the mission, I realize, you know, first we need to make sure we identify what is my mission. What is the mission supposed to be? And um, only if you're my age will you understand this. So hold on a minute if you're younger than me and I'm about to turn 60. Um, I grew up watching on Fridays a show called Mission Impossible. And it was, I love that show. And there was this, this moment where there was this very dramatic music and the guy would sit there with a tape recorder and he would, he would play the tape recorder and, and it would be his you know, secret boss saying, will you accept the mission? And he had to accept the mission and then the tape recorder would disintegrate, would blow up. It was always so exciting. I couldn't wait to see what the mission was every Friday night at five o'clock. Um, so we need to get excited about, you know, what is the mission God has for us? You know, what, is, what does he wanna do with me? How does he wanna use you? How does he wanna use me? Uh, what is the mission for our lives as disciples, as, as followers of, of Jesus? Um, and, you know, when I look at the scriptures, what I see is that my mission should match Jesus's mission. You know, if he's going to be my Lord, uh, my guide, uh, my mentor, my teacher, my savior, who I follow, then I need to imitate whatever his mission was. And that's what brings me to John 17. So if you look at John 17, Jesus is praying and it's an amazing prayer. And we're going to look at the very end of the prayer in John 17, verse 24 through 26. It says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world doesn't know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. So what I see from that scripture is very simple. Jesus came to make God known. That's it. He came because he wanted people to know there is a God and I represent him. There's another great scripture that I love that's in Hebrews. You can turn your Bibles there, Hebrews chapter one. <clears throat> in verse one through three, it says in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets. That's the Old Testament at many times and in various ways. But in these last days now, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things 
and through whom he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So Jesus came to make God known, but he also came to represent God, to be a representation, a physical representation that we could we could grab a hold of, that we could see God more clearly to really show and demonstrate God's love, uh, God's mercy, God's compassion, God's nature, what he was like, and to provide purification for us so that we could have a relationship with God. Uh, and then call those hearts to follow him, to respond to the message of love, to respond to God's demonstration of love. Now, if you can turn over to Matthew chapter five, I want to read a very familiar scripture about what our mission really should, should be. Uh, in Matthew five, it's in the uh, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says in Matthew five, verses 14 through 16, a very familiar scripture. He says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven. So our mission is to be a light on a hill, to shine like the stars. Uh, and another scripture talks about that we're ministers of reconciliation, that we are taught to, to be a mediator, to try to help people reconcile back to God to share the good news that I have been forgiven uh, and that they too, the people around me can have a relationship with God. You know, so our mission is very simple. And I think if we keep it simple, uh, that's, that's better for us. Uh, and that is to make God known, you know, to spread his love, to spread his truth, uh, to spread his words and to be a light in a very dark place. Now we can understand what our mission is but there's still a challenge. And I wanted to talk about what our challenges are, okay? Because that sounds great, but it's it it's easier. Oh, everything's always easier said than done, right? So what are our challenges? You know, our hearts can get hardened towards our mission. Our hearts can get hardened towards people. Our hearts can get numb, you know, to the pain around us. Our hearts can grow weary and tired and worn out because of life. You know, our hearts can get distracted by work and family and household chores and whatever gets in the way of it. You know, our hearts can get controlled by other missions, other things that become more important to us. You know, our hearts can get, you know, uh, can be hurting, can uh, be full of doubt, uh, can be unmotivated, um, can get out of practice of just really caring. Our hearts can, you know, lose desire to care for people. Our hearts can be filled with anxiety or fear. And, you know, these are all things I've experienced every one of these things. I've experienced my heart getting hard. I've experienced it going numb. I've experienced it getting weary, distracted. I've I experienced it hurting, painful and, and doubting and unmotivated. So I'm expressing to you what I know my own heart has experienced. So I know if I've experienced it, I'm sure you have too, especially in 2020 and 2021, which has become a blur. This is just one whole year 
I, we need to kind of come up with a name for 2020 and 2021. And, and so we've all experienced a lot in our hearts. So we may know in our minds what the mission is, but it's hard sometimes to keep engaging our hearts. So we need our hearts um, to be renewed. And I, I know for me, sometimes that it, it's a process. It's not like all of a sudden, it's just gonna be, okay, my heart's back there again. Uh, it, it takes time. And, uh, and sometimes we need our hearts to be massaged, you know, to be, to, be, to be massaged and reminded and inspired or softened. You know, sometimes we need our heart to have compressions on them. Uh, someone to bring it back to life for us. Sometimes we need our hearts to just go quiet for a while, just to just allow quietness to enter our hearts. Sometimes we need meditation. Sometimes we need just silence, just to be quiet for a while and think about the mission. Sometimes we need to pray and fast. Sometimes, you know, we just need to grieve and allow ourselves space to figure out why our hearts have gotten hard maybe or tired of the mission. You know, sometimes we need to confess sin because the sin is hard in our heart. Sometimes we just need to talk. There's so many different things that can massage our hearts. And I, we need to all figure out whatever it is. I know I am so grateful for the word of God and how it massages my heart. I am so grateful for a sister to talk to, to pray with, so that that massages my heart. I'm so grateful for the time I just walked before we started tonight, the time in the woods walking to talk to God, to quiet my heart, to be able to lay things before him so that my heart can get what it needs so that it can be renewed for the mission. So there's a few things I want us to consider. So first I want you to turn over to 2 Corinthians 4 and we're gonna stay there for a little while. All right, 2 Corinthians 4. And uh, yes, we do. We need to take care of our hearts. You're right, Lamisha. And uh, we need this and uh, we need to make sure, you know, remember our hearts are the wellspring. This is, this is what really, it, it, you know, if we don't take care of our hearts, we're going to just be going through motions. And that's not what any of us want. It's certainly not what God wants. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, we're going to go through a good part of the chapter. Um, but I want to first talk some things I want us to consider is the first thing is we need to remember what we've been given. Remember what we've been given. And, you know, hey, we all need to stop and contemplate that. Every single one of us, what we've been given by God. But let's read in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Okay, there's a lot there. And so I just want to take this apart for a few minutes. 
you know, when I look at verse one, Paul talks about, you know, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry, we have this mission. So how Paul sees his mission and his ministry from Jesus is as a gift. We need to remember what we've been given as a mission is a gift. It's not a burden. It's not a chore. It's not something that we have to check off or, oh, great. I have to, you know, I have to be a light to the world. But Paul saw it as a gift because God had been so merciful to him and God has been so merciful to us and that he would give us still something to do for him, something to shine for him, a ministry that's what keeps us going is that this is a gift. God's compassion on us is a gift that we need to keep giving. But then as he goes on in, in the rest of this, it talks about in verse two, he says, you know, we've renounced uh, secret and sinful ways. And then he talks about setting forth the truth plainly. Why? He says, because the God of this age has blinded the mind of unbelievers. Wow, we need to remember that. You know, sometimes I can forget that and then it hits me in the face. I either study the Bible with somebody or I talk to somebody and I'm like, they are blind. They have been blinded. The God of this age is just confusing them. I've watched people become stupid, just like make the stupidest choices. I, I made stupid choices because the God of this age have blinded me. And I couldn't see the light of the gospel. And so many people cannot see the light of the gospel. So our mission is important because the God of this age has a mission too. And his mission is he's trying to blind people. He's trying to get them to not see God, to not think God exists, to not think God is a bunch of baloney, to think the Bible is a bunch of hogwash. That's what he wants. He wants to blind them. And he wants them to think, that the world has answers. And you and I know the world doesn't have answers. But if you go into chapter four and verse five, he talks about, we don't preach out of ourselves, but we, we preach Jesus. You know, we don't preach ourselves. You know, it's not about us. If it becomes about us, then it's a lot of pressure because then we think, well, I gotta be perfect. You know, I've gotta be this awesome disciple. No, I can, I can love my mission and preach to other people even when I'm in the worst place, because I can say, you know what? Look, it's not about me. It's about God. It's about Jesus. And then verse six, he says, for God who said light, light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Wow. Look at, we've been given. We need to remember God's light shined in our hearts and woke us up. And so now we have that light of the knowledge of God and the glory of God. Remember what you've been given and let's not, you know, hide that light. Let's not put out that light. Let's not, you know, just push that light aside. Let's remember that we've been given so much compassion and love from God. And we've been given something that he wants us to share, which is an understanding of him and of Jesus. So remember what you've been given. But the other thing I want us to think about secondly is, you know, it's not about us. It's about God. And I want us to keep reading. If you look in verse uh, seven through, we're going to read seven through 12 of second Corinthians chapter four. But we have this treasure in jars of clay 
to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is in, is at, is in, but life is at work in you. All right. So secondly, it's not about us. It's about God. You know, uh, it's a, it's about Jesus. It's about this treasure that we've been given. We are a jar of clay. We are so fragile. I don't know about you guys, but through 2020 and 2021, I have felt so fragile. Like I could break at any moment <laughs> and I have broken at many times. And so, you know, we are fragile. We are clay, but we have a treasure in this clay. I can't believe God would entrust us with this treasure. Um, so we need to, you know, we need to remember that we have this treasure. He talks about how we've been hard pressed, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You know, it's so amazing because again, through this last year and a half, I have definitely felt hard pressed, but because of God, I'm not crushed. I've definitely felt perplexed, but you know, I don't have to stay in despair. I've definitely been persecuted, but I don't feel abandoned by God. I have definitely felt Satan trying to strike me down, but I have not been destroyed because I still have that treasure. Even though my jar of clay might have a bunch of cracks in it, it might be teeter-tottering, but inside I have that treasure. So it's not about us. What we're sharing with other people is about the treasure that we have inside. And that helps us get through life because life is going to be hard pressed, perplexed. We're going to get persecution. We're going to feel struck down. In verse 10 in chapter four, it says, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. So the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. You know, the important thing is what is being revealed through your life? You know, I have to think about what's my mission. My mission isn't to be perfect. My mission isn't to be a jar of clay that doesn't have some cracks and goes through, doesn't have hard times. But my mission, okay, is to show people that I will not be crushed. I will not live in despair. I will not be destroyed, but that I will come through victorious on the other side because of God. What about Jesus is being revealed through me? That's our mission. We, we just need to shine Christ, even in our most desperate times. In verse 11, he says, for we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. You know, we need to keep giving ourselves over to death. If we keep denying ourselves and, and, and killing our, our nature, basic discipleship every day. We've got to make decisions about our discipleship every day. I have had to decide, okay, am I going to be a disciple today? Am I going to make Jesus Lord of my life today? Am I going to, am I going to believe God today? Am I going to believe what I'm reading today? I have to do that every day, guys, every day. 
so that Jesus is revealed through me. This is not about us. This is about revealing Jesus through our lives. Then if you look in verse 13, I want us to talk about something else. So first of all, you know, this is a gift we've been given. It's not about us. It's about revealing Jesus. But the third thing I want us to talk about is perspective, because perspective is so important. So look in verse 13 through 18 of chapter four. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Wow, that's a great scripture. You know, it's all about perspective. You know, um, in verse 16, he talks about we don't lose heart because, you know, outwardly we may be wasting away, but inwardly we've got to be renewed day by day. You know, so let's talk about that for a minute. How do we do that? You know, outwardly, we can feel so much. We can feel pressure. We can feel the pressure of the world. We can feel the pressure of our situation. We can feel so burdened. But inwardly, we need to be renewed day by day. We need to renew our hearts. You know, sometimes we just have to go back to the basics. The basics of spiritual disciplines as disciples of Jesus you know, the basics of, wow, am I, am I really praying to God to be sustained by him? Am I really in my Bible every day? You know, I've been talking to people that, wow, I haven't been in my Bible in a couple of weeks. We're not going to be able to do it. You are going to waste away. Inwardly, you will die if you do not renew yourself day by day. You know, the spiritual basic of, of fasting even, wow, I'm feeling not close to God. Well, let me do something about it. I need to fast. Confessing sin, meditation, sitting in silence and listening to the spirit of God. You know, we need to help each other to put these spiritual disciplines into practice because it's the only way we're going to get renewed day by day. Memorizing scriptures, sending scriptures to each other, helping each other to be renewed and keep our perspective this is not about us. I need to remember what I've been given and that God has, it's a treasure what I have. Even though I might feel hard pressed and perplexed and feel struck down, what I have is a treasure. Now look in verse 17. It says in verse 17, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. I don't know about you guys, but I have not looked at them like light and momentary. That, that, that perplexes me. You know, when he says, you know, we have these light and momentary troubles. 
I don't know about you guys, but I haven't had light and momentary. Mine has felt like everlasting and heavy. So, but it's all perspective. It's how we look at them. If we look at them and we focus on, when I focus on the things right now that are difficult for me, it just seems like, will I ever get past this? But if I look at them and I look in the future and I say, you know what, God, I have no clue how you're going to get me through this. Then they become lighter and they become more momentary. If I look at, okay, God, how are you going to use these? Jeff and I were just talking this morning. All right, God, how are you going to use these things that we're going through? If we, if we can focus on what we can learn from that time, if we can focus on what are you going to teach me, God? Then they become lighter and then they become more momentary because they're not dragging me down. And then he says in verse 17, 18, actually, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but is on what is unseen. That is the key. We got to look at the eternal. We got to look at the end game. We got to say, all right, it's going to, you know, God, I, I can't see the end. God has some plan up his sleeve. I don't know what it's going to be, but Satan wants us to look elsewhere. Satan wants us to focus on what is seen right now and to not have eyes that look at the eternal. He wants us to get focused on right now and how that's impacting us. We need to help each other to have eternal perspective. And lastly, we need to also remember that our mission is a mission of love. Not only we need to remember what we've been given, right? That was the first one. We need to remember it's not about us. It's about God and Jesus. And we also need to have a, the right perspective about our mission. But lastly, we need to remember that this is a mission of love. So let's look in chapter five. We'll keep reading down here in chapter five. And let's start in, we're going to jump down to verse 11 of chapter five. It says, since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we're out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we're in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one for all and therefore all die. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, our mission, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Wow. A lot in those scriptures. You know, 
how we see those around us needs to change. You know, he talks about that since we know God and have a fear, a respect for God, we want to persuade people. And we actually look at people differently. He says, you look, used to look at people worldly in a worldly way. And we used to look at Jesus in a worldly way, right? He had a totally wrong perspective of Jesus. And so my perspective of Jesus changed, but now my perspective of people needs to change. And I can't look at people in a worldly way. I need to look at them the way Jesus did. And Jesus looked at them and, and he loved them. Even when he was hanging on the cross, he still loved them. He saw them as harassed, as helpless, as in need. He saw, he, he didn't focus on their sin. He didn't see them as, oh, you adulterous. He saw them as somebody that needed his forgiveness. He saw who they could be. He saw them as a new creation. So it's so important, you know, that we look at our mission as a mission of love, loving people for who we know God wants them to be, not seeing, not focusing on their sin, not looking at them in a worldly way, seeing that, you know, Satan's got them captive and that we can give them the love of Christ. And he actually begs them, Paul begs them, please, you know, I, I you know, I implore you uh, to really be reconciled to God. Now, if you keep reading on, it's really cool. If you look in chapter six, and, um, and in chapter six, it says, as God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. You know, the incredible thing is, we get to work with God. We get to be his fellow worker. I mean, even think of Bridget's story. You know, Liz was a part of it. And then Saria was another part of it. And then there was other people, you know, Clark D's hog was a part of it. You know, everybody was a part of it. And then there was God, God doing the work that we as humans cannot do. There are things that only God can do. And that takes the pressure off of us. This is a mission of love. We just need to love people. And we get to work with God. Our mission is to be God's fellow workers. Our mission is to not let God's grace to us be in vain, but to share it, you know, not to have it be something that we hold on our own. You know, if you think about it, it says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. You know, he heard you. He heard me. He helped you, he helped me. He saved you and he saved me. He loved us. You know, we have experienced the grace of God and we're still experiencing that great grace of God. We have the benefit of Jesus being Lord of our lives. And we know that he loves us personally. So let's make him known. Let's love. That if we look at like, I just gotta love. I just gotta love people and God is gonna, God is gonna do the rest of the work. You know, let's share his love. Let's renew our hearts for his mission. Let's start wherever we're at right now. You know what? Sometimes we can get so overwhelmed with this. I don't want anyone to leave this time feeling overwhelmed. Just start where you are. And then, you know, take a step. You know, I'm going to love a little bit more tomorrow. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I remember the gift I have. I'm going to remember this isn't about me. It's about God. I'm going to shine my light. I'm going to love, you know, let's let, God's love compel us, not, oh, I got to do this. 
Let's live, you know, God, I know you loved me. Help me to love other people. You know, the grace that he lavished on, on us at baptism and continues to lavish on us, let's, let's give that away. Let's really give that over to people. I want to read something to you, if I can find it here. Um, the song we're all familiar to, um, but I was looking at this today in a, in a book that I'm using for my quiet time, and I just want to read this to you. It's a song, Amazing Grace, but I think sometimes we forget the words. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. Tis grace that brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will be my shield and portion as long as life endures. Yea, when this flesh and heart shall fail and mortal life shall cease, I shall possess within the veil a life of joy and peace. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Let's make sure that we remember how amazing that grace is and that we hand that over to other people. I want to end with one scripture in Jeremiah chapter 31. Remember what you've been given. Remember it's about God. Keep perspective on the eternal, not the temporary. We've been given a mission of love. And we've been given a mission to give out the grace that God has given to us. We get to work with God. But look over in Jeremiah chapter 31. And I want us to look in verse 3 through 5. Jeremiah 31, 3 through 5. says, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. I will build you up again and you will be rebuilt, O virgin Israel. Again, you will take up your tambourines and go out to dance with the joyful. Again, you will plant vineyards on the hills of Samaria. The farmers will plant them and enjoy your fruit. Now, Jeremiah is telling the people what the Lord said. And he is saying, I have drawn you with a loving kindness. I have loved you with an everlasting love. And I will build you up again. And I will make sure that you dance again. And I will make sure that you will have fruit. You know, God is going to be the one that changes uh, this world. But we have been given a mission, a mission of love. We have been given so much by God. Let's not keep it to ourselves. Let's make sure that we're giving it out, that we're spreading the word, and that we are allowing God's love to be given to more and more people. That is our mission. So what we're gonna do now is we're gonna break out into groups. And here's just a few things I want you to talk about. 
Um, simply, you know, what is your takeaway from the spirit? What is the spirit prompting you with? What is, what is the spirit saying to you? You know, every one of us is in a different place. Everyone's heart here is at a different space. So what is the spirit saying to you? Um, and what do you think God is prompting you to do or think in regards to the mission? You know, what do you think God is prompting you? Like, what, what is the spirit doing in your heart? As you heard the lesson, as you heard the scriptures, you know, this is about renewing our mission. What do you think the spirit is prompting you to do or to change or repent or encourage you or lift you up in or remind you of what is the spirit doing? And let's really listen to the spirit tonight and let's really have spirit led conversations so that we can have a time to really encourage one another, lift each other up, and help each other to really be renewed in our hearts. I love you all, and I know this has been a very challenging time for all of us, but we're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, and I can't wait to see everybody on Sunday, and I can't wait to talk about what we're going to do this, sun this summer and what we're going to do in the fall. We're making all kinds of incredible plans, God willing, uh, allowing the Spirit to lead us as we go. Uh, but let's have some great time together uh, talking about what God is, is saying to you tonight. I love you. And uh, let's go ahead and break up into those groups. Thanks, Lanisha. This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.